1: Uh, Cancel Too Soon, the podcast where we review television series that lasted only one season or less. My name is William Bibbiani. I am a film critic for The Wrap and Bloody Disgusting and IGN and Critically Acclaimed and
0: Everybody Calls Me Pibbs. My name is Whitney Seibold, ditto on most of that, Uh, (laughs) just not The Wrap, and uh, today is our second installment of, uh, this is uh, season four. Yes. Volume two. Yes. Chris Carter-month! This is Chris Carter's month. He
1: made a bunch of shows. Only one was particularly successful.
0: (laughs) And it was the (laughs) X-Files. Millennium did okay, too. The truth is out there. If they bring back Millennium, which they'd be foolish to do because it's called Millennium, it (laughs) could only work in 1999. They should just call it Millennium Was Okay, Too. Like, that's that's the name of the revival. I had some good episodes in, like, season three. Because technically it wasn't, like, season 11 or, like, one of the returns. They called it X-Files The Return, right? Mm. Or, or they, they yeah. gave it some sort of it subtitle. It was Twin Peaks
1: The Return. It was X-Files something, something.
0: X-Files something. Like, te- yeah. like, technically they were trying to pitch it as another show, even though it was also, like, season 11. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they should just call it Do That With Millennium, give it a new title. Millennium was okay, too. <laughs> I think they should do
1: Millennium as a period piece and just have it be, like, 1999. Oh, there Everyone you go. Everyone was freaking out. Like, make it, like, just, like, Stranger Things, like, amps up the 80s. Just like, do that the with eight- the late 90s? Yeah, why not? Like, make it, like, 1999. Yeah. And there was a lot of paranoia Fade. around 1999. There was Fading fear.
0: in of- on the Venga Boys. and. <laughs> <laughs> And Frank Chartreuse McBlack, his name was just like Frank Black, right? Yeah, it was Frank Black. Frank Black. Yeah, it'd be Frank Chartreuse now, because <laughs> it's a younger version. They can't have they can't have uh, same actors at all. No, no, they should have the same actor, but you still want to oh. get like, I don't know. Someone cool. Someone big from the 90s. Who was big in the Skeet Ulrich. I was going to say Jamie Kennedy, but we're about to talk about him. (laughs) We are about to talk about him. So yeah, it's Chris Carter month, uh,
1: which is uh, from the middle of May to the middle of June, for reasons. Um, And uh, yeah, Chris Carter is best known as the creator uh, slash co-creator, whatever, a lot of people worked on it, of the X-Files. He also worked on Millennium, which was a modest hit as well, but he did a lot of stuff that didn't take off. Last week we talked about his virtual reality series, Harsh Realm, and today we're talking... Which which was a big pile of crap. (laughs) (laughs) Had promising ideas and just didn't capitalize on any of them. And today we're talking about a failed
0: pilot that he did for Amazon Prime. And it was canceled uh, because of viewers. Well, there there was was a couple of reasons. Well, there was a a weird... um, a weird new way of gauging how successful it was going to be. Yeah. And we'll get to that.
1: Well, we might as well talk about it now. So mm. Amazon uh, is a is a streaming service. Mm. You, they don't just deliver stuff to your house. They also deliver movies to your TV. And they have a bunch of original programming, some of it's more popular than the others. And like any network, any entity that distributes television, they have a very similar process. You greenlight a pilot. Mm-hmm. Based on the success of that pilot, you decide mm-hmm. to make more shows. You've seen Pulp Fiction. You know how it works. Amazon actually had a pretty good idea. And it's something that networks have done before. Uh, if you have a pilot and you're not sure if you want to take it, you release it just on its own as a TV movie or a special event. If audiences respond to it, you make more. Mm-hmm. Amazon is a streaming service. They spend all this money to make all these various pilots. They decided we're going to put them all out there. And we're going to just flat out tell the, the audience, if you like this, watch it, click on it, share it on social media. We'll pay attention. And if you really dig it, we'll make more. Mm-hmm. Uh, the show that we're about to review was part of a whole
0: wave of mm. pilots that all came out the same day. These were yeah, shows um, like um, Bosch was like the, the the notable successful one that came from this round. Uh,
1: that, yeah, but this one, didn't, that Bosch didn't come out the same day. I'm talking about the shows that came out the same day. Okay, as uh, the show. Uh, for example, we had The Rebels, in mm. which a uh, woman's husband suddenly dies and she is now the owner of a pro football team. Okay. That was a comedy, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was Hard Boiled Eggheads, which was an animated series that was about two Dexter's Labs. <laughs> Just two mad scientist kids who do stuff. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll watch that. All right. There was the Joe B. and G. Raph show, which is another animated kid series uh, about a giraffe that goes missing
0: and, like, I guess it looks like a
1: bear. Has to keep finding them every day.
0: <laughs> I guess it looks like a bear.
1: None of these shows got picked up. Uh-huh. And then uh, lastly, the Maker Shack Agency, which was a kids show uh, about a group of kids who create gadgets to help other kids at their school, which okay. actually sounds like kind of a fun idea. I'd be curious. Mm-hmm. If you can get creative writers, that can be kind of cute.
0: Create gadgets to help, like,
1: yeah, like I don't know, like I need to v- improve. I, I I didn't watch the show, right. but off, off the top of my head, mm. oh, I'm trying out for football practice. Okay, we'll invent you a gadget that helps that, you like learn football better. Okay, and it could be you know just yeah, that could be fun. And it was live action, and yeah, you know, that, that sounds pretty amazing actually. That, that yeah. could be a fun show. I didn't watch it. I don't know if it's still available, maybe we'll cover it someday and cancel too soon because it only had one pilot, Mm. but the idea sounds neat. Uh, The most promising show that came out of that crop on February 6th, 2014, was a mysterious new mystery, 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 mystery. Another new, not
0: a lost ripoff at all. Not
1: in any way, shape, or form. It's a little show called The After. Need
0: help. A lot of people here need help.
1: There is an official trapped in a parking garage. Just over there, there is a group of police other people. Police officer, is he hurt? She knows she's not hurt, but she needs your assistance. They all need. The officers in trouble here on the street. Officers down. Can you tell me what happened? Nobody knows what's happening. Nobody knows how many are affected or how widespread this whole mess is.
0: To get word to my husband and daughter in New York. Forget it, lady.
1: It's- Power's out. The city's in gridlock. We haven't had communication since yesterday. Yesterday? What do you mean? Yeah, there, I couldn't find a trailer for this. That's a clip from the show. Uh, it, the title of the show has a couple of different meanings, and I want to save. The ending of the episode for the ending. We'll, 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 okay. we'll walk you through it mm. and we'll talk about what the show plays like and then what it becomes oh, by the end and what it promises to become later. But the initial wave of the show, the pilot episode, seems to be taking place during an apocalyptic event. The idea is this would be after the apocalypse, but yeah. we're right in the thick of it. So we so, meet a group of characters. They're all trapped together. Some mysterious Catastrophic event occurs and they're trying to
0: figure out what the hell's going on. Uh, what, That's the what, basic premise of the pilot. What, what was the name of... Uh, did you ever see Peter Greenaway's The Falls? No. <laughs> no, no, Nobody has. It's. Uh, I think it's on the Criterion channel. But yeah, Peter Greenaway did this really long fake documentary called The Falls. And it was all about people who experience. I think it was called like the Sudden Unknown Event. Hmm. And yeah, it was like some, and they didn't know what it was, just like something happened in their minds and they were suddenly like transformed into like hobbyists or obsessives. It like had ruined their life some way. Yeah. And it affects so many people that he interviewed only the people whose last names started with (laughs) F-A-L-L-S. The Falls. Wow. And it's, yeah, it's like this four hour documentary and it's all fake. It's completely (laughs) scripted. Oh my God, (laughs) Because it's Peter Greenaway. Well, um,
1: the way that the show plays out Mm. Uh, is that it plays a lot like a Stephen King miniseries. If you've seen The Langoliers, you understand the basic structure here. That's that's a good comparison. We meet a bunch of characters, they're all pretty broadly crafted so that we can get the gist of them right away. They are thrust into a life or death situation, but they're not thrust into the mm. thick of it immediately. They solve a small problem, they reveal a bigger problem, they recuperate, and they regroup, and they make plans, and their personalities start playing off against each other um, as they mm. suspend out the nature of the apocalypse,
0: in other words, every single desperate people trapped in a single location drama you've ever seen. Kind of, yeah. But here's the thing: that's a formula that works, though. Mm. It's, I think, it's, so. it's a formula that's done a lot, yeah, and it's done so frequently that we run into it working a lot. But I think if you weigh its success against its failure, then you realize it doesn't work all that often. Well, I think it's an okay way to open a show because mm. it's
1: immediate. We're catching all of these people in the middle of an unexpected event. Lost mm-hmm. opened in a very similar way. Uh, I know this show is a Lost knockoff because watch it. It is. Yeah. Uh, but Lost yeah, did it a lot of things right. And one of the good things about its pilot was it encountered everyone in a moment of crisis. And then it showed in flashbacks who they were just before the crisis. And then we would reveal later on who they were as people before they had to deal with this overwhelming uh, mm-hmm. adversity. Um It's a decent premise. You throw a lot of interesting people in together, and the way people are in a crisis is not necessarily the way they are at any other time in their Mm -hmm. lives. So you're seeing people in various extremes. That can lead to good dramatic tension, mm-hmm. that can lead to uh, violence, to threat, to suspense, or it can uh, to lead... unexpected
0: heroism, it can be great. Or it can lead to a closed room full of people just sort of screaming at each other for an extended period. And that's that's not necessarily drama, after a while that's just shrill. Well, after a while it's it seems like padding, which yeah. is what
1: happens when you do a pilot episode for a highly anticipated new series and creator Chris Carter, and half of it takes place in a parking garage. An elevator and a parking garage. Oh, my apologies. <laughs> uh, the show begins The show begins with uh, the protagonist of the pilot episode mm-hmm. uh, is a it's character nice. named Gigi. She's an aspiring actress. Uh, played by Louise Minot, a French actor. I think she's French. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's in a lot of French TV movies. Uh, she's probably best known for in America for the OSS 77 films. Oh, I love those movies. Uh, she was in Lost in Rio. Okay. Oh, I didn't see that one, but they're very mm. funny movies. They're these uh, French uh, spy riffs, sort of like a classier version of Austin
0: Powers. Yeah, 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 like, like uh, no, no oh, fart jokes to speak of, but very silly. O- OSS 117 is like a real legit like French James Bond uh, parallel. Yeah. And when they made movies, they uh, it was um, uh, Dujardin made them. Uh, Jean Dujardin from Jean, the. Jean, Jean Dujardin would play played OSS 117. Yeah and he's hilarious.
1: They're funny movies. I've I've seen two,
0: I think, but they're really funny.
1: Mm. Um so mm. she was in one of those, she's an aspiring actor. She's she's doing okay. She's got like a major audition mm. for a major movie and she's been in other things before, but she's, we we
0: turned down a role because she's too young and she's too pretty.
1: Yeah, she's she's asking for, she's auditioning for the lead role in some kind of thriller. It's like a cop drama, and uh, she's told that uh, no, you're 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 too young and attractive for this role. We'd like you to read for the sister role, and it's on page eighty seven. And she looks it up and is like, "This is three lines that I'm tied to a bed naked the whole time." And he's oh. like, "Yeah," and so yeah, you want it, <laughs> yeah. So and so she doesn't. She throws the script away, um, and then as she goes back to her hotel room at the Beverly Garland, by the way, which is a swank hotel, <laughs> she's doing okay.
0: Uh, un- unless the studio put her up there, because it seemed like the the audition was also there. Uh, no, she like she had to leave for it. Remember the valet gave her oh, yeah, a, the right, car right, and right. everything.
1: So yeah, no, the, she had to leave. All right. um, Beverly Garland is a very nice hotel in the Beverly Hills slash Century City section of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, it is was it owned by Beverly Garland, the actor. Uh, that I do not know. I know she was she she co-owned it or owned it or mm-hmm. married into it. But Beverly um, Garland uh,
0: is great, by the way. She's awesome. She's <laughs> one of the great uh, uh,
1: B movie actors. She was in a ton of Roger Corman joints mm-hmm. like uh, It Conquered the World and the Gunslingers and Swamp Diamonds. And even though those movies are mostly junk, she's always wonderful. She, in them. she sells the role. If she were if she were
0: working today, she'd be like she'd be Ava Green.
1: Yeah. Yeah, i buy that. Yeah. A, a
0: really spirited, interesting performer. Yeah. Typically finding herself in really garbage movies. Yeah, I'd buy that. Yeah. I'd buy that. Um,
1: so uh, she goes back to her hotel. Uh, she gets in an elevator with a group of strangers, mm. and the elevator breaks down. Mm. and no one's getting reception because of course they're not the in, call boxes India. are working so,
0: so here's our cast we have a police officer mm-hmm. she, she's sort of the leader I, I found well she as a police officer uh, her, that's the role name, she assumes o- Officer Munoz played by uh, Hyena Lee Ortiz uh, from a Rosewood Shooter mm. in Station 19 uh, there was a clown, rather notably in full clown garb, mm-hmm. uh, played by I didn't recognize him, Jamie Kennedy. Yeah, Jamie Kennedy from Scream and Tremors or mm-hmm. the Tremors sequels.
1: Uh, yeah, he's yeah. I just got through the whole episode thinking he he was just some actor I didn't know, mm-hmm. and then later on in the episode he takes off his clown makeup he, and everyone freaks out because there's this new guy in like the room and uh-huh. he's just like, no, it's me. I'm I'm the clown. And yeah, then he'd, like, point to his pants, and he's like, oh, you're the clown. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that was kind of funny. Uh, let's see. We've got uh, a racist, sexist, probably criminal named McCormick, played by Andrew Howard. Uh, he's going to be in the new uh, Watchmen TV series. Okay. He was also in one of the most depraved motion pictures I've ever seen in my life called Pig. Oh, I haven't seen Pig. I don't recommend it. I've heard it's depraved. It's
0: depraved. It's, de- it's supposed uh, I, to be depraved, but it succeeds so much that I mm-hmm. don't recommend it to anybody. I, 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 I try to force myself through like the most depraved stuff, So even <sighs> if it makes me feel horrible. Um, yeah, there's also a woman and her only real character trait. She has two character traits. She's rich and she has diabetes. Um, uh, yeah, that's Frances, played mm-hmm. by Sharon Lawrence from
1: NYPD Blue. And also Wolf Lake, which we'll get to at some point <laughs> on this show. It's a werewolf series. Mm. Uh, and then, oh, and then a few more, a few more. They are joined uh, by a criminal mm. uh, who was uh, who had recently escaped. That's why there was a police officer in the building uh, named D. Love. He's played by Albus Hodge, who played M.C. Wren in Straight Outta Compton. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, good actor there. Uh, and they're also joined by a couple of people who were having sex in a stairwell, one of whom was mm. a lawyer named Wade, played by Adrian Pazdar from <laughs> Profit. <laughs> (laughs) Always one of our favorites. I like to think he's playing the same character. I like to think that, too. Uh, And uh, the person he was having sex with, who we don't really find out much about, uh, is Tammy, played by Ariel Kebble from Midnight, Texas. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ballers in 90210, so she's doing okay. Um, And that's our cast. They are stuck in an elevator. They bicker for a bit. Finally, they realize they, they, they should then, pry open wait, wait, the doors.
0: Hang on. Then they bicker some more. Sorry, go ahead. Then they bicker again. Then they try to pry open the doors. Then they fail to do that. Then mm. they bicker some more.
1: And then uh, Gigi has the brilliant idea to pry open the doors using a nightstick, which doesn't have a flat
0: end. No, it's it's round. I don't know how that would work. <laughs> that one was really confusing to me. I suppose if you, like, stab, it, it, yeah, it's like a rounded edge, but it's, it's harder than just a regular piece of wood. Yeah, I, I'm not, I, I'm not I sure guess. exactly what they're made out I mean, it's of. It's not made out of balsa wood. It's yeah. on bamboo, so it but yeah, be... they, they, I guess you can sort of pry it in there if they're, it could work. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to let it go. Mm. If that was the biggest problem with the show, we'd be fine. You know what? I've been in elevators before. You can just stick your fingers in the slot. They're easy to pull open. Yeah. They, they're not sealed shut.
1: Well, apparently they are now. Mm. Uh, they're, they, they break out of the elevator. They're in a parking garage at the bottom of the building. The parking garage is closed, Mm -hmm. the the electrical systems aren't working, so they can't get out of anywhere, and all the stairwells are locked, so they're Mm -hmm.
0: stuck. I've been in situations like that before. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been to, like, a hotel uh, where there's a screening? Or some sort of screening room, some sort of office building that you haven't been to before. Yeah. So you're not really exactly sure what the parking protocol is, so you end up, like, going around the securitist route to get in. And yeah. you end up getting locked out somehow, and you have to knock on a door and ask, it. it's all embarrassing. And you have to eat a squirrel to survive. Yeah. That's the feeling I felt while watching the after. That's good, though, right? Isn't that suspense? It's not suspense so much as unbelievable frustration. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's like I can't find my way. I have to get back right to my car. I want to get home, or I need to get to a screw. Whatever it is, I've written the scripts I'm fr- before fr- and um, frustrated and impatient. Is, is that the same as suspense? I've
1: written the scripts before, and when you have like nine people in a room and they're all major characters, mm-hmm. it gets real damn tedious because you got to try to fit people in wherever they can. You have to introduce yeah. all these characters in a pilot, <laughs> so you just keep shoving them in situations where they all get to leave, give their two cents. Their two cents are usually boring or pointless. Every once in a while, someone's got to like do something dramatic. Mm-hmm. So the older woman passes out from the diabetes and everyone freaks out and they give her a sugar mm-hmm. packet and she's fine. Cool, that was a waste of
0: time. Then uh... <laughs> See, I, I would love to see a situation like this where it's just all of a sudden it's a well-oiled machine. Like, the, <laughs> these nine people are trapped together and they're all really scared and somebody says, okay, I'm in charge. And everyone says, okay, what do we do? I have a plan. We go up here. Yes, I'm going to get down here. And, you're like, they actually work together as a team really well. Yeah. And that's sort of just maybe for you fun, can, just, just to yeah. try it once. Let's see if it works. Because that is actually more satisfying to watch than watching people freak out and bang against walls and yell at each other. Well,
1: I I, I don't mind when movies build to the freak out. Like mm. for example, look at something like Cube. Yeah, there really you good go. movie. Cube. I don't know. I'm not sure how popular it is for people who weren't around when it came out. It's a Big cult movie in the late '90s, anyway. Yeah, low budget, fun, high concept sci-fi film about a bunch of people mm. who are trapped in a big box. It's a big, big,
0: it's a big science fiction trap machine.
1: Mm-hmm. That's there, like a, yeah,
0: they in a. It's like an eight, eight foot cube room, and there's a door on every wall, including the floor and the ceiling, and all those lead to just other cubes.
1: However, some of those cubes have deadly booby traps mm-hmm. in them, so mm-hmm. they all once they all find each other by crawling through various cubes, uh, they decide to team up, try to figure out how to survive. Some some of them do, some of them don't, but for a bit, they're all pretty productive overall. Some people are hiding some secrets, but mm. they all want out. Yeah, uh, They all kind of designate a leader, but then as the situation gets more intense and stressful then the cracks in the facade right. come together and then, and start ripping them
0: apart. Mm-hmm. Um, like they're, they're finally outside of their field of experience.
1: Yeah, here you have a lot of people who are specifically designed to be antagonistic to each other for no particular reason. Mm-hmm. That McCormick guy, he's just a dick for dick reasons. Mm-hmm. You have the, the escaped convict and the cop, that makes sense. I understand mm-hmm. that there's a there's a face-off, he, he takes one of them hostage, and then after he escapes, uh, he actually does come
0: back for them because he's yeah. not an asshole. Well, uh, Aldous Hodge, like, I, I don't know, like, he, he seemed like the most capable, present character to mm-hmm. me. Like, he was the one who knew exactly what was do- going on and exactly what to do. I think he should have been the leader. <laughs> I probably would have been mm-hmm. after a while, I think. Mm-hmm. He's the one who, in. There's a thing that happens
1: in this kind of crisis movie, and you see it a lot in like zombie films, for example, mm. or, or something like The Mist, where all of the people who, in a fully functioning, happy society, mm-hmm. would be in charge are no longer necessary. We don't need middle management in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. Mm. We need people who can get shit done. You know who can get shit done? The the survivalists, yeah. Yeah. Well, not just survivalists, Just the people who get shit done for middle management. So usually people at the bottom rung are Are more ready... Suddenly in charge. ...to actually handle real problems. And so Mm. you have someone like the the checkout guy in The Mist, Toby Jones, who it turns out is actually a crack shot and really useful to have in any situation, but he's not management material. Here you have someone who... We don't know for certain if he actually committed a serious crime. He's in jail for murder. He said he didn't do it. Uh, we don't know how true that is. But uh, regardless, he's the person you actually want on your side in this scuffle. He reminded me of um, Napoleon Wilson from Assault on Precinct 13. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good uh, good one, too. A really good movie. John Carpenter's second film. It's a siege movie about a bunch of... Uh, a, a, a very large gang with very powerful automatic weapons lays siege to a little, a little tiny almost
0: neglected police station
1: well it's the last night before the police station closes down, closes mm. down so they just have a skeleton crew to answer the phones uh, so there's only like four people in there and now they're being assaulted and there's one criminal in lockup, or two and mm. one of them is a notorious criminal whose crimes are so horrible we don't know what they are <laughs> but he's actually really useful in a pinch like yeah. he's who you yeah. want in this situation great character um um, so that again so that conflict makes sense he's dangerous to have around Adrian Pazdar plays a lawyer so he's an asshole
0: <laughs>
1: that's it more <laughs> that's or less all we got yeah. um what happens is after they bicker for about, um, how, how long is this episode? Like 55 minutes, uh, something it's, like that? It, all told, it's about an hour. It's about an hour. So they bicker for about eight hours. Um, <laughs> Within the one hour. Yeah, in the parking garage. And then they mm. manage to use a, uh, a car a jack. jack, yeah. Uh, you know, to replace a tire on a car. They manage to use that to open up the, the fence mm. on the parking garage, just enough for someone to crawl out. Gigi crawls out, and she crawls out into Century City. Mm
0: -hmm. Which is actually pretty close to the Beverly Garland Hotel. The geography is okay not great, but it's fine. It's close to here. Uh, You know what it looks like if you've seen Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. because It was filmed in the same spot. Uh, Drive was filmed there as well. A Um, lot lot of movies were filmed there. There aren't a lot
1: of places, if you've never been to Los Angeles, uh, there actually aren't a lot of places in Los Angeles that have really tall buildings and look super futuristic. (laughs) That's true. There really aren't. You'd think
0: there were because that's uh, where they
1: shoot stuff all the time, but it's really a very small part of it. and Mostly it's in Century
0: City. Century City was a prime film location for sci-fi movies because uh, in the 1970s when Conquest was filmed, Mm -hmm. it had just been built. And it had been built to look futuristic. They had sort of a, a Tomorrowland architectural vibe going on. So they did film I think numerous sci fi TV shows around that area just because it looked so cool. And uh, also the Nakatomi building from Die Hard is in Century City. That's right. It also looks very fancy. All all, all of that sci fi stuff, uh, including like the Schubert Theater and that movie theater that was over there, it's all gone now. They ripped it all. They they found oil underneath. They did? They did. I didn't know that. There's an oil derrick
1: over there now. Oh, that's so weird. Mm. That's probably not safe. Uh, Well, in any case, they filled. Century City with a ton of extras Is They're all just like mm. Wandering around scared I was actually in an earthquake In Century City once And I, that actually is more or less What it looked like So I'm actually fine with it uh-huh. um, And everyone's just wandering around Kind of panicked And Gigi's asking
0: everybody Hey, what's going on? Literally no one knows They just know they should be panicked <laughs> Yeah, they're just running They're running around or to something uh, We see two helicopters crash Yeah, only two things are in the sky And mm. they manage to hit each other Brava! A crashing helicopter is movie shorthand for everything has gone to crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever, if you know that it's post-apocalypse, you're going to see a helicopter spinning and cra- spinning around down from the sky and crashing.
1: Which makes sense to me because I don't understand a lot about aeronautics. So if a helicopter is flying, it's something I just sort of take on faith makes sense. So if a helicopter falls out of the sky, it means I can have faith in nothing anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Helicopters operate on faith. <laughs> that's my that's my that's my explanation. I'm sticking to it. So you get in a helicopter and you just have to believe. I paid attention in science class to my comic books <laughs> <laughs> that I was reading instead. <laughs> Um, did, oh, did you ever do? Did you ever put a comic book inside your textbook? Like open the textbook and then put an open comic book. Inside yes, it? God, you're such a cliche. I was
1: a person. Yeah, that's true. We did that.
0: Well, I, I kept my dirty magazines under the mattress. So but there's there's only so many places an adolescent mind can think of to hide smut. There's a um, <laughs> what was that <laughs> terrible Disney
1: comedy about an astronaut who wound up in King Arthur's court?
0: Oh, uh, Unidentified Flying Oddball.
1: Yeah, Unidentified Mm. Flying Oddball. There's a bit in that movie where he's got like a laser gun, Mm. and he's hiding it from Merlin, who's on to him, who knows he's a fraud. Mm. And uh, he's hidden it under his pillow. And Merlin's searching his room, trying to find his mysterious technology. And finally, he finds it under the pillow, like, my God, that genius. It's under the pillow this whole time. The first person to ever do that. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know, that was kind of funny All right. uh, Anyway, Gigi understands that the world is in a panic None of the phones work Everyone's freaked out She can't figure out what the hell is actually going on There's Someone says something kind of weird Which is we haven't been able to reach anyone on the phone since yesterday
0: Which when, is weird Because they were only in the elevator for like a couple hours at mo- Like an hour at most Yeah, like seriously It's, it's, it's been an hour Like mm. let's say that
1: So it's very, very confusing She wanders back to the Beverly Garland Hotel uh, she runs into Mitch Peleggi doing a little cameo for his old <laughs> pal Chris Carter. Mitch plays a security guard who's telling everyone to evacuate, but Gigi pays him money because she wants to go get her phone, which she left in the hotel because she, she has a husband and daughter. Call, call her family, yeah. Uh, she can't reach her family, but at least she has the pictures on there, and of course that dies later in the episode, and it's sad, maybe we should have actual photographs, because the apocalypse is coming, and we're going to regret not having our phones. Yeah. It happened in Anna the apocalypse as well. <laughs> it's dangerous. Um, mm-hmm. Gigi finds her gumption. She has a fake gun that she used
0: for her audition, and, and she, she uses she, it to force Mitch Pelleggi to open doors for her because she's fact, like repeating dialogue from her sides from her audition earlier, which is cute. That's um, cute, mm-hmm. and I appreciate. I, it's, I mean, it's, she, it's a it should play as a comic moment, but this is Chris Carter, so everything's definitely serious. Yeah, everything is violent, and you're supposed to be really off balance the whole time.
1: Yeah, um, she gets. Her phone, she loads up her suitcases with stuff from the mini bar, which I thought was a fun touch, mm-hmm. and then she rolls it down into uh, the parking garage and just says, you guys are safer here, just take these cans, <laughs> take these sodas and enjoy <laughs> and live your lives in the parking garage, which is an intensely stupid thing to do. Um, so uh, then it turns out that the criminal who had escaped earlier, mm. he actually shows back up and he stole an ambulance and like rams the
0: gate and saves everybody. And they, they start to drive away and the, they are mobbed. Mm. They insta- and they try. People say, you are no fireman. And, you know, the diabetic lady gets her medicine. Everybody gets patched up in the back while on the outside. Everybody starts to try to roll the ambulance. Yeah, because reasons. What do you have
1: against ambulances? What are you doing? You have cars. You're no
0: fireman. You're right. I'm
1: trying to get out. There are cars everywhere. Just steal one, for God's sake. That's what we did. Man (laughs) up. Um, I I would learn how to hotwire our car pretty fast. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't that be fun? I worry sometimes that the apocalypse is going to come and I have not developed enough
0: skills. Like pop apocalypse survival like skills, like hot
1: wiring a car. I don't mm. know how to do that. Mm. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I, the only I've never started a fire using only twigs. Oh yeah. And the only you like were never a boy scout. No, and it was never a boy All scout. Right. So, but I did see Castaway. So you know you have to like crap like mm. crack it open so oxygen can get through.
0: You have Well, you have to make sure it's dry. Yes. You have to start with very small bits, mm. shavings if you can, little tiny bits of crushed up leaves. Um, good way to do it put a notch in a log, get another stick, uh, make sort of like a makeshift bow, mm-hmm. if you have a string, like a shoelace or something, you wrap it around the stick, and that way you can sort of move your uh, your hand back and forth on the bow, like you're bowing a cello, and the stick you're holding will be spinning back and forth really fast against the little notch you made in the log. Yeah. And that creates way more friction than just rubbing sticks together. If the world ends, I hope you're with me, buddy. <laughs> I, was, I was just a Boy Scout. But we I hope live, you're with a Boy Scout. We, we only live like a hundred yards away from each other, so I hope... Uh, oh, that's true. <laughs> I'm just gonna walk over. There, there is like razor wire between our buildings, unfortunately. Well, yeah, I have to walk around. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> I have to walk around the block. We live on opposite ends of
1: a block, but one of the blocks is a dead end and there's razor wire because it's also hmm. near a strip club.
0: Yeah, and they, they don't want people just sort of walking in and out of the parking lot of the strip club, so they put up this big fence with razor wire la is real swank everybody you just want to throw it yeah, we, we live there. in a really glamorous area
1: <laughs> we live here for the glitz so uh they end up going to uh francis's house francis is the diabetic mm-hmm. lady turns out she's rich as fuck yeah she she's lives got in like a, a mansion like a hundred million dollar mansion mm-hmm. giant they're like open the like Crash open the gate with the ambulance, because that's all ambulances are good for in this this universe. Um, And then it takes them a while to reach the house.
0: Yeah, have to drive all the way up the the driveway.
1: Uh, And, of course, there's no electricity. There's no no reception or anything. Mm -hmm. The refrigerator's broken, so they're just eating all the food because it's going to go bad anyhow. There is a completely pointless
0: and gratuitous nude
1: scene. Uh, Oh,
0: we should, we should add that this, since this was an Amazon production, they weren't beholden to the network sensor rules. So this was the first Chris Carter product where there was like. Violence and cussing, and mm-hmm. as you just mentioned, nudity. Uh, well, there was a little cussing in the X Files movie, at least the first one. I don't remember if there was in the second one. He said the word shitstorm. Yeah, okay. In the X Files movie, that's as as blue as it got. Right, but here, yeah, here there's panic. There's
1: it's not particularly violent. The probably mm-hmm. could have gotten there, mm-hmm. but yeah, there is a completely unnecessary, gratuitous, sexy uh, not sex scene, uh, nude scene. Uh, with Ariel Kebble, where she decides to strip completely nude while amongst strangers mm. and uh, swim in well, Francis's she, pool. She, well, I mean, she was there with her boyfriend, so you know, at mm-hmm. least she knew one guy. She did, but she also knew that there was at least like one criminal, mm-hmm. one racist slash sexist monster, yeah, a but, clown. I'm not getting
0: naked around a clown. <laughs> well, the clown seemed the most gentle. That's true. And in fact, yeah, he he was sort of the meek character. He's the one who's. Uh, uh, who is the, the name of the meat character on Lost? Hurley. Yeah. Hurley. Yeah, he was he the Hurley, he was the, he was Hurley. the, the yeah. funny,
1: nice everyman kind of dude. Yeah. Um, they try to figure out what's going on. They find that they're all the the big clue. Mm. All of them have the same birthday. They're born different years, but they were all born on March seventh, which is an odd coincidence.
0: Mm-hmm. Probably not a coincidence. Um, and I, w- I was working through the uh, the numerology. Like, is there something about 3-7 or 7-3 or 37? And, and, you know, 3 plus 7 is 10. D- there's nothing. No. There's no numerology attached to the number 37. I
1: mean, hold on. I'm going to look. Oh, well, here's... Apart from the movie Clerks. I'm going to look up March
0: 7th on Wikipedia. <laughs> See if there was any, any significant things about March 7th. Yeah. Okay. Oh, maybe it was like, yeah, there's like some biblical lore that like, that's the date of the creation of the world or something. Mm. Significant things on March seventh. March 7th, Wikipedia is the sixty sixth day of the year. Okay,
1: sixty seven in leap years. Sixty six. Execute order sixty six. six. Eh? Uh, let's see. In uh, AD one sixty one, Marcus Aurelius and Commodus become joint emperors of Rome.
0: So, uh, oh, Gladiator was wrong. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just wondering what else is going on. Uh, hey, you're telling me, Gladiator made something up. <laughs> Uh, in
1: 1900, the German liner SS Kaiser Wilhelm der Gross Becomes the first ship to send wireless signals to shore <laughs> Surely it's a reference yeah, that's, I, I,
0: You know what, knowing Chris Carter, it could be
1: 1965, and, Bloody Sunday uh, The Civil Rights March is attacked in Selma, Alabama Okay, Probably that, that, that's coincidence, a sig- significant but date That's All a right. very significant mm-hmm. thing um, Let's see, who was born that
0: uh, day? Uh, em- Emperor Publius Septimus getter you know him a birthday that day yeah you know he's rob cool. roy was born that day oh rob Roy was real Yeah, <laughs> yes i don't know <laughs> it was just this a cool story that cares. leo neeson did once rob roy mcgregor is a real person all right well never mind uh, pope clement the 13th was born that day um
1: michael eisner was born in that day in 1942 right
0: uh, let's see where we got it this is the most exciting
1: part of the podcast right yeah, yeah I'm sure it is. Uh,
0: P- Mondrian Piet Mondrian the guy who did those paintings with the like the black grids with the filled-in boxes okay so he, checkers he was born yeah he did the checkers paintings
1: <laughs> uh, Brian Cranston was born on March 7th and Ravel was born on March 7th Donna Murphy yeah. was born on March 7th el James was born on Mar- okay. Uh, March okay um
0: let's see here. Rachel <laughs> Weiss Rachel Weiss so this is all a tribute to actress Rachel Weisz. Please. Chris Carter was like really trying to charm Rachel Weisz or just he really admired Rachel Weisz as a performer. Maybe he was trying to like court her for a project he was working on. Like yeah. I need you to lead something.
1: You're going to be real important later on so, in the yeah. after. So we're trying to get, yeah. Yeah,
0: so he had to, had to get her and to get her attention he had all of these people have the same birthday as her.
1: Christ. So uh, the thick platens... Uh, when it turns out that Francis's uh, live-in maid uh, shows up with a bunch of gang members, mm-hmm. real classy, Chris Carter, real nice. Uh, they show up because they want to break into the safe, which is kind of funny. Like I kind of like the idea that they just assume she has
0: one. Oh come on! I know, but you're, like, you're in a you're in a house like that, you know there's at least at least one.
1: I also like that when they tell her, you know, what's the combination to the safe, she's like. I don't
0: know, I have it written down. <laughs> no? What do you want from me? Yeah. Well like, yeah, if someone says, like, what's your password? Hold on. I have to go into my bedroom because there's a little sheet of paper in this little drawer where I wrote all my passwords. Yeah. Like yeah. I memorized the, the key ones, but mm-hmm. if you
1: wanna like if anyone wanted to break into my Hulu account, you're gonna you're shit out of luck. That's a random <laughs> series of letters and numbers and yeah. I have that written down
0: somewhere. <laughs> yeah, same with our Wi Fi password, yeah. it's like thirty random characters in a row. <laughs>
1: Um, they, uh, they get into a shooting war, they run from the house, they're in the woods, and while they're in the woods... Uh, Adrian Pastor breaks his leg really bad, which is gonna have to be a huge plot point because you're not getting medical attention for that. Right. And if this and is gonna take also, place in real we're, time.
0: We're also right near the end of the episode at this point. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, we're like a couple minutes episodes. Mm. He breaks his leg pretty bad. If the series continued, they'd have to deal with that for a while, or he'd mm. have to die soon, or get healed through some sci-fi magic bullshit. Also, while they're in the woods, they start hearing mysterious voices. Mm. And uh G, was it Gigi or the cop who feels like the presence behind her at the end? I'm trying to remember.
0: Oh, I think it was I think it was the cop.
1: Okay, well, someone yeah. starts feeling a dark presence behind them and a weird, creepy, long black hand. Like 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 tar black, like yeah. inky black. Like a demon. Clearly played by Doug Jones. Uh, not played by Doug not, Jones. Not actually played that, by Doug Jones, vibe, but yeah. Uh like puts its hand on her shoulder and then someone shoots the thing, and then they all crowd over it, mm. and it's a fucking demon
0: Uh, actual legit demon from hell kind of demon Mm -hmm. it's got like (laughs) writing scratched into its skin big scary red eyes and little tiny horns and some of the
1: writing in its skin matches Mm -hmm. tattoos that we've seen various characters have Mm -hmm. uh and just when they think it's like they've killed a demon the demon wakes up cracks its bones backwards and spider walks Mm -hmm. slash runs into the woods and that's the cliffhanger
0: and, uh, and it, oh, it says something before it goes, too. It, like says, it says, alea yacta est. Which means what? The die is cast. It's a famous Latin phrase. Okay. It's attributed to Caesar. So the twist, mm.
1: it turns out, is that this isn't about after the apocalypse. The show takes place in hell. Yeah. That's the idea. That was okay. the twist. That was, Chris Carter said that. The idea oh, okay. is all of those characters presumably everyone in the world, maybe there was an apocalyptic event and everyone just, you know like those death stories where people just sort of wake up and they don't realize they're dead yet? Uh-huh. What if that was everyone simultaneously? That would all probably be right. like there's this huge influx in yeah. hell. Um, at least that's my take on mm-hmm. how this works. But uh, the, the protagonists at least, they're all in hell. And this the, the pitch for the after was, we're doing Dante. There were going to be like 99 episodes because there are 99 contos. Oh, God. Yeah.
0: That's either brilliant or, like, the most pretentious crap I've ever heard. Right. <laughs> so, presumably, we're going to have this sort of lost motif where all of
1: these characters, even the really nice ones, mm-hmm. we're going to find out why they're in hell. Okay. Which means they probably did something pretty bad, unless we're going with that version of hell where, you know, like, literally everything is then the Bible says is a sin is a sin. So, if you ever had shrimp, you're going to hell anyway. Yeah. So, like, there's going to be, like, this, like... Flashback to that McCormick guy where we found out he killed a bunch of people and but, doesn't and care he,
0: about it. And then he went to the Sizzler and that's what got him. <laughs> no, I
1: just think that's what like that's what Jamie Kennedy's character did. Like okay. he just he just he just loves Red Lobster. So he's going to hell.
0: All right. Well, uh, if they're in hell, okay. Maybe maybe that's why uh, all those like elongated scenes of people being trapped in a parking lot was so were so unbearable mm-hmm. because that's what hell is like.
1: <laughs> no, it's like Sartre's No Exit. Yeah. You're you're stuck hell in a room. Yeah, yeah, you're stuck in a room with a bunch of really crappy people, and that's it. What more? What more do you need? Mm. People torture each other enough. Uh, the whole show shouldn't have felt like torture. No, uh, which it, it, that's a. Joke that just sort of got tossed underhand to me in the mid sentence, but it's really not that bad. But yeah, I think the show. I think the overall premise of setting a show in hell is kind of neat. And if you base it on Dante, then the premise is you can get out of hell. Well, yeah. You can um, walk through hell. It's insanely hard, but like God walk, isn't so unforgiving that it's impossible to get out of hell. You have to work your ass off for it though.
0: Well and that's what Purgatorio is about. It's yeah. you know climbing the tower up to uh divinity, but that takes just as much time. It's the the area where you cleanse yourself. I assume people know I assume yeah. people know what Dante
1: uh Dante's people, trilogy, people know the divine comedy. But just yeah. real 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 fast, uh, uh old very, very old. Like, not, not recently. You wouldn't know him.
0: 14th century Italian. He's not on po- Facebook. Poetic masterpiece. Dante um,
1: Alighieri. Yeah, he wrote uh, uh, a an epic poem about hell, purgatory, and heaven, mm. uh, a.k.a. In, paradise. In, in, inferno, purgatorio, and in paradiso. Um, which has a lot of insights about the human condition. There's also a ton of in-jokes. About, about famous talk. people of the era And like if you don't do the reading If you don't read the footnotes You'll have no idea why something's funny mm. It's called The Divine Comedy
0: It's not really hilarious <laughs> But it ends well, well and, That's and, the point uh, The Divine Comedy If you take it as sort of like A media studies piece Kind of gave us our modern image Of what we think of as hell In the modern day Yeah uh, that comes for like that. It's a cave underground. That that's something that came from Dante. Yeah, and that heaven is up in the sky. That is also something that came from Dante. And
1: everyone's getting ironically ironic
0: punishments based mm. on their various sins. Yeah, their People. heads are
1: turned backwards,
0: or mm-hmm. and, and uh, I forgot who the three main sinners were. But as you go closer and closer into the very center of hell, oh, it's
1: a Judas um, and it's uh, Brutus because Julius Caesar Bru- right, was a big Brutus. deal. Yeah. And then
0: I want to say it was Cassius. They were all um, betrayers, is the point. Yeah. Betrayal is, like, the ultimate sin. Betrayal of the, of the great divinities. And, um, yeah, that, Satan himself is, like, half frozen in the middle of this gigantic frozen lake, and he has, like, three uh, like of the most damned people, like, in his mouth. Uh, it's and, Judas, Brutus, and Cassius Cassius, okay So so only so I, remember, I remember Judas <laughs> for, for whatever
1: reason Dante was really, really mad At the people who betrayed Caesar Like he couldn't be bothered To think of a third betrayer it was Like <laughs> two Caesar fan. betrayers And one Jesus well, you betrayer know,
0: You know what it, if, if you read the Divine Comedy It's all about symmetry uh, all, right. every, all the cantos Have a certain amount of lines It's all very Incredibly meticulously structured Yeah It's actually one of the best Pieces of literature ever written uh, Yeah I encourage you to read it No, you should It's great Um uh, it's, yeah. it, it, it's it's a thick read Like it's not a it's not an airplane novel yeah. Like you're gonna have to delve But it's worth it here, Here's something from the Divine Comedy That I appreciated And if they were playing with this With the after Then it would have made a lot of sense uh, Dante while he's touring hell Sees the damned souls of people Who are still alive Yeah Like your soul can be in hell Even while before you're dead You can do something so terrible Uh huh that
1: you're already like pre damned so they just grab your soul right away, and you're just wandering the earth being evil as fuck. Mm. Insert commentary here <laughs> about people uh-huh. we don't have to mention, uh, but uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of evil people out there. Mm. Um, so yeah, the 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 after was an ambitious series that was going to take us through the afterlife, and it had a big twist mm-hmm. episode. And I gotta tell you,
0: neat. Well, neat idea, neat idea. I wish they put it in the show because right? they, they give us this big cliffhanger. They see this creature. Okay, it looks like a demon, but it could be an alien. Of mm-hmm. course, it speaks Latin. Okay, it's a demon. <laughs> it could be an alien who speaks Latin. We accept that they speak English sometimes. Why not Latin? It's like
1: I, I suppose so. Listen, 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 uh, people of Earth. We took Latin because we were told it was the
0: key to all romance languages. <laughs> You
1: know, like your teacher in high school told you and it doesn't actually pan out very well.
0: Somebody who took six years of Latin that's particularly hilarious. (laughs) Um, Okay, so there's a demon and OK, there's some big apocalyptic event. They don't define what it is. And that's really frustrating. Yeah. If, if it's just people in panic mode the entire time, they're trapped in a van, they're trapped in a house, they're trapped in an elevator. They're just sort of yelling at each other this whole time. And we don't know what's going on. You can only sustain that mystery for so long. Yeah. And they finally give us what the mystery is. OK, there's a demon. My first instinct is not they're in hell because there hasn't been any kind of weird, apart from their shared birthdays, there hasn't been anything weird or supernatural up to that point. Mm. Oh, and, and also the one mention of time being a little bit out of joint. Like we've had we haven't had power since yesterday. Right. Which feels like bad writing to me more than some sort of new mystery. Well, I thought what was gonna ha my interpretation
1: once I figured out the hell thing, once the mm. hell thing became apparent, was that um all of these people are probably in hell. Mm. Uh And all of them are probably experiencing it differently because hell is different for different people. Mm. Um, All these people who were born on the same day have some sort of bullshit, you know, some sort of connection. You know, they're all like they're (laughs) hell filed them by birthday, (laughs) not by year, but by date. Well, (laughs) because it's hell. Of course, the bureaucracy is stupid. (laughs) Like, can you imagine doing the paperwork in hell? That would suck. Uh, I'd like to imagine Sammy Davis Jr. is around trying to collect all these souls for for (laughs)
0: Chris Like in See, Poor they're, Devil, uh, they're all Pisces. I had to look that up. Um, it's Mar- I was born on March eighth. I could have told you that. Oh well, yeah. Yeah <laughs> Oh, so you were almost with that group. So close. <laughs> so <laughs> you were close. with the March eighth people. What, uh, what 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 celebrities do you share a birthday with? Uh,
1: James Vanderbeek. All
0: right, that's not bad. He's pretty cool. <laughs> He's okay. <laughs>
1: Okay, actually, I, I always forget because I, I don't have a lot of cool ones. I do yeah. not have a lot of cool ones. Celebrity no. birthdays, March eighth. So I got
0: looking up celebrity birthdays. This is, welcome to cancel too soon. Look, folks. we're a, gonna look up celebrity look, birthdays. It's, it's a pilot episode. We have to fill time. The celebrity birthdays. Florence Henderson. <laughs> uh, Mickey Dolans. Okay. Mm-hmm. You got Mickey
1: Dolans. Aiden Quinn. Uh, all right. See how I mean? Like, it's not a lot of super <laughs> mega celebrities. Uh, uh, let's see what I got here. Uh, Anne Bonnie. All right. Okay, that's a cool one. That one I didn't know before. You should, um, should have mentioned that when we did Mrs. Sundance. I actually did not know that all until right. just now. That never. Ca- I've, I've, we've all looked up our birthday, mm. but like I've that one's never come up before. <laughs> and that's it. Like all yeah. of the I, all of the other names on this website are oh centuries. That's a cool one. Oh, that is a cool one. That is a cool one. Yeah, but centuries. almost all of the names on
0: this are like 20-year-old YouTube stars. Like, so you share a birthday with a lot of YouTube stars. Cool. Th- they'll have you on their shows. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I, I was born on the 1st of August, and I, that's also not a good date. I got Jerry Garcia. Okay. I got I got Dom DeLuise. Oh, there you go. And I got Claudius from iClaudius. Like, well, the Claudius. Em- em- Emperor Claudius, yeah. Wow. Emperor Claudius Caesar. Interesting. Those and that's it. That's Can you imagine Dom
1: Delouise playing Claudius in *I Claudius*? Ah, uh, now I wish that had happened.
0: <laughs> Don't you wish that had happened? Don Dom DeLuise has 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 departed this world, but uh,
1: somewhere in heaven so he's, he's just, playing Claudius. He's playing Claudius.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I really do love the idea of setting like a story in hell, and the idea that after after like you know we've we've you know popped the seal on the premise, and they're, they take him an episode or two to completely be convinced they're in hell. Uh huh. I want to see him actually, like, go through hell and meet people who are in hell. Yeah. Like, that would be cool. Like, there's so much I would love to see this show do. Um, one of the problems with this show, the show actually did okay, and initially, Amazon was going to take it to series. Okay. Then a few months later, they decided not to. And apparently, there were a couple of reasons. One, mad expensive. Chris Carter was not making it cheap. Chris Carter oh, wanted to make a like million dollar episode. Which
0: is so odd because so much of it takes place in an elevator and a parking structure. They spent all that money on like animating a bunch of extras in Century City mm-hmm. or gathering up all those extras. Either way, uh, it's expensive to do. Mm-hmm. Well, the first and season, then they had to shoot in his like rich buddy's house. Probably his house. Might, yeah, might have been his
1: house. I would have done it in my house if it was Chris Carter I had X-Files money. Mm-hmm. Um, the first season apparently would have had eight episodes uh, released in two hour installments. Mm. Uh, so it would have been pretty epic in feel, um, and uh, yeah, yeah. And apparently, the other problem was even though he wanted to do ninety nine episodes and it was mega ambitious, he didn't have a series bible. He wanted oh, to, that's a that's, that's he death. wanted to, he wanted to find the show as it went along. And let me tell you something.
0: Look, one, I don't care if one you're Christ- show one show has been able to do that, and it was called Twin Peaks, where he didn't know where it was gonna go. Yeah. And David Lynch was pitching the ideas to like studio executives and they said, oh, that's great. And they had all these questions for him. Said, oh, well, what about this character? What happens to her? And David Lynch would always answer with a, well, that's a good question. (laughs) <laughs> and, he's, and he's such an odd guy, and he's so assured in sort of his 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 weird vision that they just sort of let him do it.
1: Yeah, it was I, honestly it's a miracle it worked. Mm.
0: And then when he left the show, nobody else knew how to do that. So <laughs> the second season is so different.
1: Well, the second season's fine until you find out who killed Laura Palmer. Mm. Then it immediately sucks. <laughs> like the ne- like the episode where you finally find out who did it. Mm is one of the scariest episodes of television I've ever seen in my life, It's especially that last bit it's yeah. fantastic, and then the next episode, the tone feels different, the cinematography is different it's weird it's a totally different show, finally picks up again, like, the last episode or two mm-hmm. of the season, and then the last episode of the season is amazing again <laughs> and then, of course it got cancelled um, but uh, yeah, I gotta tell you something, I don't care if it is Chris Carter, because let me tell you something, I saw Harsh and Chris, you do not have a free pass Uh, You want to spend how much on a show that you're loosely basing off of Dante, but other than that have no
0: plan for? Mm. No. Well, especially if you... I'm not giving you money for that. If you only have eight episodes and they're two-hour episodes, you better have a bloody plan.
1: Yeah. Well, no, apparently he did uh, put together the the, the first season. Okay. But still, he's asking you to commit for an entire series, Mm. so if you're not sure you're going to want to do that... Um, Uh, Here's a quote from Chris Carter. Mm -hmm. It was a hard sell, and it would have been an investment for them if they were going to do eight episodes costing $40 million. He wants $40 million for
0: eight episodes of television. and That's a lot. I feel like Netflix would do that, because Netflix just... Will throw money around. They don't care. There's a great uh, joke on South
1: Park where someone called Netflix, and the receptionist says, "Hey, this is, I'm sorry. Uh, great, hello. This is Netflix. You've been greenlit." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Just
0: throw money at anything. And then, uh, don't, but don't look how much in the hole that company is. But
1: apparently, they don't want to renew anything because mm. adding new content to like old like links, mm. like oh, there's a new season of Orange Is the New Black. You're not going to get new people watching that. So, mm-hmm. they don't care so much about renewing stuff anymore. It's getting a new audience. They each just time. want the yeah. new stuff, which is a terrible way to do te- ongoing television if you want to do
0: ongoing television. Or, or, well, if you just want to do a bunch of miniseries, then you're gold. Well, what we need to do at some point is a Netflix month. Uh, for sure.
1: We've done a Netflix show or two, mm-hmm. but we need to do like a whole month because they've started to really cancel a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> really, really pair the tree, as it were. Um,. Uh, however, the uh, chief over at Amazon, Roy Price mm.
0: This is uh, Chris Carter
1: again No, no, this is the guy from Amazon All right. Roy Price said this mm. um, He said it wasn't the money, it was a tough concept And hard to crack So okay. it, just, it was it was more creatively It was just, you know, mm. a, a tricky show
0: There's not enough Well, I guess we can answer the question right now Was the after canceled too soon? Was it? No um, <clears throat> I think there's not enough promise here I'm the pilot. Everything you told me is kind of cool. Yeah. None of that's in the show. Yeah. The show is about a bunch of people bickering and then there's a demon at the end. And that's not tantalizing enough for me to want to watch the next episode. I'm still like, if if that was the first half of a two hour pilot and I knew there was like I was going to figure out what that demon was and a little bit more about the premise, then maybe. Mm hmm. But if this is your pilot, no. I ca- you, you, you screwed it up. <laughs> you, you, totally, <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't give me enough information.
1: You didn't tell us what the show was going to be. Yeah. You focused on the gotcha, but, but you didn't got- focus on what are we... Make us make us excited to see the next episode, not because the mystery will continue, but because we want to
0: see more of what you showed us. And the, That's the trick to a pilot episode. They, they focused uh, too much on the characters as well. And, and the, the characters was, are thin. The characters are thin. The, the, this feels a lot like an acting exercise, like an acting school exercise. It feels like a bad Stephen King miniseries. I I, I think the Langoliers for a reason. uh, Yeah. Well, like uh, they put like a bunch of actors in a room and they've chosen their own character. And it's like one of those improv exercises where you have to guess like what the other person is playing. (laughs) It's like a party quirks on whose line is it anyway, but you know, a drama series. And I know this is what it is because I was in this play in high school (laughs) because a play came down the the drama teacher's brother was in college writing plays and he passed a play down to his, his sister who was going to say, okay, we'll put on this play with my students. And I got to be in a play called Whoever Fights Monsters about a bunch of diverse people on a subway car in New York who are held hostage by a grenade and they all talked about Nietzsche philosophy and it was shit. <laughs> I got That's to, such a good title, too. That's yeah, such a terrible place. It's <laughs> I, it sounds like something I made up, but it was yeah, totally funny, real. Funny. I was in that play. That's funny. Um, my scenario was I was a, a a British businessman who was having an affair on a uh, on his wife with like some hot young model, and there was a homeless man on the the uh, on the subway car with me who is actually a, a private investigator who was blackmailing me. That was my storyline. Exciting. Yeah. And, and all, all of that setup was in the first, and then the second act of the play was everybody is now being held hostage by a guy with a hand grenade, and we all have to discuss philosophy to talk him out of it. Did he... Oh... <sighs> And he dropped the grenade, and it was a dud, and everyone was saved. The end. Oh, that's... I know, it was so
1: bad! It was like,
0: a, it was like a cop-out! It was the worst thing, and and we couldn't say anything because it was the play written by the director's brother. We, even at the time, we knew this was like pretentious hokum, and we're 16, 17 years old. Yeah. Oh, golly. <laughs> the after gave me flashbacks to this play oh, I was in, and it good. was not a pleasant experience. Look, we've all seen
1: good, you know, pot boiler closed room thrillers no
0: well, Night of the Living Dead I think does yeah, it yeah. exceptionally well yeah,
1: perfect example there's a really good episode of Doctor Who with David Tennant where he's mm-hmm. on like some side of some sort of tour bus oh, it breaks yeah, down yeah. in the I mean, middle of some nowhere planet and there's some people. Monster there's
0: monsters outside in the yeah. desert yeah. that's a great episode they yeah. know how to make that work and they turn on the doctor and they say well we have to sacrifice somebody how come it can't be you he's like well it can't be me because you know, he's the last of his species but he doesn't want to say that because that's really personal information yeah. also
1: he's the only one who can get them out of this alive yeah. because and because he's, he's the doctor Because he's the doctor
0: And he knows And he has the tools And he, he knows He's particularly equipped It's not an ego thing He just knows he's the one Yeah And his only defense is Well you can't sacrifice me Because I'm clever <laughs> Shouts out Why can't we do it Because I'm clever <laughs> That's all he says Sometimes
1: I wish We were watching Doctor Who instead <laughs>
0: <laughs> P- particularly, like 2005 through the beginning of Matt Smith. Like those I years. I like Matt Smith more than you do. Oh, okay. Well, I, I lost interest in Matt. Like the first Matt Smith season, I watched it, but it wasn't as good as the, Matt's, the Eccleston David Tennant era. That Matt I Smith watched.
1: had great highlights, and I think he was always a good doctor, even when his episodes sucked. Okay. Yeah. He, think, oh, he was fine. I don't have any yeah. problems with him. I think Capaldi just, was a real mixed bag, but that's yeah. another one where the good episodes were
0: amazing.
1: <laughs> I actually haven't seen the new season yet.
0: Okay, I really yeah, have, haven't seen any. I, 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 had to, like, I had
1: to lose cable for money
0: reasons. Oh, I'm so, so. sorry. Um, I, I, I lost interest in Doctor. There's only so many times you can threaten the universe before I'm kind of bored. No, it's, it's always <laughs> a concern because I live there. Um,
1: okay, so the after. Yeah, was it canceled too soon? I'm torn because I kind of want to see what the show could have become. But mm. yeah, you're right. Based on this episode, no, this was not mm. canceled too soon. They had their chance. They whiffed it. Yeah, there's some good stuff here. Chris Carter directed the episode. There's some there's some decent direction in here in terms of you know staging it all and Mm -hmm. yeah the the placement was all wrong. Yeah, just the focus was entirely on a twist, and as a result, the whole episode felt like a like a waste of time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, the after, Uh, Chris Carter keeps saying he wants to do something with this. I wouldn't be surprised if he does it as a book or a comic book or something someday down the road but um, as a series it looks
0: good and dead it's been five years he had the chance he Chris Carter was drinking the Lost potion At this point in his career mm. Now, he predated Lost He created that sort of arc-long mystery And codified it in the 1990s mm-hmm. And Lost changed the rules So when Chris Carter wanted to come back He couldn't do his old shtick anymore It was dated at that point I
1: actually appreciated that he was mixing it up And he, I think well, in principle the setup was Perfectly okay for a Lost knockoff Like it got, mm. they understand what made Lost Structurally
0: work He just didn't introduce the premise Exactly. Yeah. Well, and I think he didn't, he probably watched Lost and didn't quite understand the appeal 100%. Like Mm -hmm. he he understood the structure. He understood that it was popular, but it's not something he's interested in. He has his structure and his structure is is old. And, And nowadays all of his scripts feel like, like a genial old guy who smokes a lot of weed. Oh my god! Uh, it's like like the, the, X-Files the, the new X Files, re- like seasons oh are are so like, yeah, man. What if mushrooms? And it's like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> there a lot of them were death. Mm-hmm. Every time, every time they started doing mythology episodes in the new X Files, I got so depressed. <laughs>
0: There's a couple good monster episodes in there, but man, the actual like. What I appreciate is the rela- the relationship between Mulder and Scully is now they're just sort of like an old married couple. That's that's a pretty good dynamic. I'm fine with that. And I think that's more Duchovny and Anderson. They've worked together so long, they understand that dynamic. Yeah. But, yeah, golly, Chris Carter is just, he needs to do he needs to do a comedy, is what he needs to do. That'd be fine with that. Actually, he needs to do a sitcom, yeah. which he tried at one point, and, we're- and I was segueing straight to it. Nice, because we're going
1: to track that down. However... <laughs> Uh, That would be the end of Chris Carter. Month, Friday we can find every episode. We're going to work on that. However, next time on Cancel Too Soon, we're celebrating our 150th episode. Woo! Not including all the Patreon exclusives. Our
0: sesquicentennial. Woo! Good good vocabulary word. <laughs> uh,
1: and as a result, you know, like on the, on the 50s, we uh, try to whip out one of the ones that everyone's super excited for and they always ask us about. And one of the shows that everyone always asks us about all the damn time. We've been saying we've been getting to it forever. Hmm. So we're going to do... The Lone Gunman. Yay! The Lone Gunman, who were popular supporting characters on the X-Files and got their own short-lived spin-off series. I think it was a mid-season replacement, mm-hmm. if memory serves. Um, and uh, yeah, less than one season. We're going to talk about that next week on Cancelled Too Soon, and we hope you join us for that uh don't forget you can follow us on twitter at cancelled cast i'm at william bibiani i'm at whitney seibold we have a patreon it's patreon.com slash critic acclaim it's the patreon for all of our various podcasts cancel too soon critically acclaimed the two shot we have a whole bunch of patreon exclusive podcasts Mm -hmm. the cancel too soon monthly movie where we review TV movies and miniseries and specials. Uh, there's Only the Best. We review every single nominee for Best Picture at the Academy Awards in order. There is All Our Yesterdays, when, uh, where Whitney and I, and and lately a bunch of uh, revolving guests, are reviewing every single episode of
0: Star Trek in order. In production order. <sighs> You're such a it has to be the correct order. Ah. I I'm the tricky. I get to dictate. He, he does
1: actually. All our guest series is all Whitney's baby, but I love being part of it. So that, it's it's a lot th- of fun. Th- thanks,
0: thanks for coming on on this nerdy journey.
1: And we have uh, commentary tracks for various films as well. Uh, so stop on by. We got some cool stuff over at Patreon.com/slash critic acclaim if you're already subscribing thank you very very much if you can't afford to subscribe leave us a review on iTunes wherever you find us tell a friend really helps us find an audience and grow and Mm -hmm. you know stay in business basically Uh, so thank you everybody for listening thank you for enjoying Chris Carter month with us and we will see you next time for the Lone Gunman and that's wrap see you next season